the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh of the Gospel Defender Ministries. This gospel message will encourage and equip those who have ears to hear to be a Christian, clothed with the armor of a gospel defender. Ladies and gentlemen, according to an ancient legend, Satan and his demons were having a Christmas party. And as the demonic guests were departing, one grinned and said to Satan, his master, Merry Christmas, your majesty. At that, Satan replied with a growl, Yes, keep it merry. If they ever get serious about it, we'll all be in trouble. It is almost too much to ask, but we will ask it anyway. Will you get serious for at least a few minutes about the actual meaning of Christmas? It is almost too much to ask in this silly world in which we live today, but nevertheless, will you get serious about this? Will you get serious about the message of the manger? At this time, we will take the advice of Martin Luther, who said, Let us not flutter too high, but remain by the manger and the swaddling cloths of Christ, in whom dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The story of the birth of baby Jesus is the story of the coming of God in human flesh to the earth. It is the story of God's presence among men. If you can't get serious about this, then you can't get serious about anything. The account of his birth begins in this manner in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Actually, the Roman emperor at that time was Octavian, but he was a Caesar, and he had been given the title of Augustus 
by the Roman Senate. It seems ironic that he played a part in the story of the birth of Christ. The title Augustus means majestic, sublime, highly revered. In the eyes of his empire, he was all of that, majestic, sublime, highly revered. Little did he know that when he gave his decree that all the world should be registered, he would set in motion the fulfillment of the prophecy given by the prophet Micah, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. When the emperor set out his decree, little did he realize that God would use that decree for the realization of his own plan. The Son of God was to be born in Bethlehem, and Octavian, the Caesar Augustus, would be the instrument God used to have this prophecy come to pass. He would be this baby who would become the majestic one, who would be highly revered for all eternity. And then there is something else ironic concerning the fact that Caesar Augustus was a key player in the story surrounding the birth of Christ. The title Augustus was not the only title conferred upon Octavian. The title Pontifex Maximus also was ascribed to this Roman emperor. The title of Pontifex Maximus, highest priest, the head of all religious worship, was given to him. The Pontifex Maximus set in motion those things that would lead the real, eternal great high priest and the head of the glorious church of God in Christ to be born in Bethlehem. We cannot help but notice one more thing that is ironic concerning the account of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. In response to the decree that went out from Caesar Augustus, Luke 2, verses 4 and 5 says that Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Several years after he was born of this virgin, Jesus would say, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Jesus was no hypocrite. He even did that while he was in the womb of Mary. Most people know the basic elements of the story of the birth of Christ. They have heard about the star, the shepherds, the angels, and the manger. They have heard about all of this, and maybe even more. But few are there who really know the meaning of these things. In this hour, we choose just one of the elements in the Christmas story to consider. The manger. Why was the incarnate God born in a stable rather than a mansion? And why was he laid in a manger rather than a crib or a bassinet? Why the stable and the manger? Part of the answer is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Apostle Paul said it was for our sakes that he came as he did. Let us look at the manger and see what message is seen in it. One message that the manger preaches is the message of rejection. Perhaps the most well-known verse in the Christmas story is the verse that says there was no room in the inn. Because there was no room for them in the inn, Mary laid him in a manger. Instead of being born in a mansion and laid in a cradle, he was born in a stable and laid in a manger. The innkeeper has taken quite a rap from us preachers over the years, and it has been an unfair and unjustified rap. The, un the innkeeper wasn't being cruel or inhospitable towards the parents of Jesus, and certainly not against Jesus. He had no way of knowing that Mary was carrying the Holy One of God in her womb. When they arrived at his inn, it was full, perhaps even overcrowded with those who had come to Bethlehem to register, not to mention the additional Roman soldiers who were there to oversee the registering of the people. There were no vacancies in the inn. Every room was booked. Every room had been made for business in the inn. Room had been made for pleasure in the inn. Room had been made for others in the inn. The inn was full of all these things. And because of that, there was no room available for Joseph and Mary and for her giving birth to the Christ child. And thus it is with many today. It isn't inns that are full with no room. It is the hearts of men. Men's hearts are so filled, crowded, with business, pleasure, materialism, and other things. There is no room left for him, so he is rejected. This is the message of the manger. Jesus is not welcomed into the hearts of men, not because he is hated, but because the hearts of men are so filled with the things of this world, riches, prestige, pleasures, business, family, friends, work, that there is no room in their hearts for Christ and His Word. They have no room for the things of God. They have no room in the lives for attending worship assemblies on Sunday morning or any other time on the clock. They have no room in their lives for Bible study. They have no room in their lives for prayer. They have no room in their lives for Christian fellowship. They have no room in their lives and in, the hearts for Christ, in their hearts for Christ because they have no time. Even many Christians no longer have any room in their hearts for these things. Everyone is busy, 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 doing things that for the most part never bring satisfaction, peace of mind, happiness, or joy. Most everyone is so busy with life that they reject Christ the Prince of Peace, while going to an eternal hell. His rejection was not only at the end. It was throughout his ministry. 
The first 11 verses of the first chapter of John is a startling word description of the progressive rejection of Christ. In the first verse, he is declared to be God. In the third verse, he is declared to be the Creator. In the tenth verse, he is declared to have made the world. And in verses 10 and 11, it is declared, And the world did not know him. He came to his own creation, and his own people did not receive him. And so it is today. One message of the manger is his rejection from the time of his birth. The second message of the manger is that of redemption and reconciliation. As far as the manger itself is concerned, it is ironic that the manger had been a food trough for animals. It is even possible that lambs fed from the very trough in which Jesus had been laid. In this manger of Luke 2 was laid the Lamb of God, and it would come to pass that millions would feed upon him in the centuries to follow. The message of the manger in Luke 2 is that it held the Lamb of God, upon whom his church would feed until he comes again. The manger of Luke 2 held the Lamb of God, through whom redemption would be possible for all who would obey him. John the Baptist twice referred to Jesus as the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The manger would not be far from the manger in Bethlehem to the cross in Jerusalem. The message of the manger, man's redemption, is seen in Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. The message of the manger? Redemption by means of the cross. It is written in Revelation 5 concerning the Lamb. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. The message of the manger is that the Lamb of God was born that men might be redeemed from their sins. Again, listen to the message of the manger as written by Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, that is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. The message of the manger? Not only redemption of men from their sins, but men's reconciliation to God through the cross. The message of the manger is not only rejection, redemption, and reconciliation, but also reachability. The first announcement of the birth of Christ was made to a group of humble shepherds. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem, and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. The first people to visit Jesus at the place of his birth were lowly shepherds. These men were nobodies as far as the world was concerned. And yet God the Father, through an angel of the Lord, chose first these men to announce the birth of Christ. The message of the manger is that the Son of God was a gift from God to the whole world, from the poorest to the most elite. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever, everyone is a whoever. In the synagogue of Luke 4, Jesus read from Isaiah the prophet concerning himself, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The message of the manger is not only for the rich, influential, and powerful. It is for whoever. The message of the manger is whosoever will come. The sad fact is the majority of the human race will not come, either because of stubborn rebellion or because of unbelief. In either case, the message of the manger falls upon the ears of lost men and women to no avail. The message of the manger to the shepherds was a simple message. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. The message is still a simple message. To receive the gift of the manger, you must believe that that babe is the only begotten virgin-born son of God. You must repent of your sins, and you must be baptized, immersed in water, in his name for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you must live a faithful Christian life. It is that simple. That is the message of salvation, made possible by the blood of the babe lying in the manger. Without Jesus to wash us whiter than snow, there can never be a genuinely white Christmas. 
The story of Lindsay is the sad story of a person whose heart did not respond to the message of the manger. Had it, his life story would have been far different. His father, a distant and severe man, worked him especially hard during the holidays. Lindsay was given extra chores at the family ranch, and his old man whipped him if he didn't work hard enough. Lindsay lived in fear of those beatings which often drew blood. But even worse were the verbal floggings, the names, the insults, and the belittling put-downs. They seemed to him to be especially harsh at Christmas. The memory stayed with him all his life, tormenting him like demons every December. One of his friends said, Lindsay was never able to find happiness. He became a hard-drinking hell-raiser who went from woman to woman and couldn't find peace or success. Finally, at age 51, he angrily watched Bing Crosby's White Christmas for one last time and then put a gun to his head and a bullet to his brain. I hated Christmas because of Pop. And I always will, he once said. It brings back the pain and fear I suffered as a child. And if I ever do myself in, it will be at Christmas time. That will show the world what I think of Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Ironically, sadly, Lindsay was Bing's son, Lindsay Crosby. Take away the message of the manger and you take away the message of hope salvation, redemption, and reconciliation of men, not only to God, but also to other men. Theologians have complicated the message with their long-winded, technical, contradictory creeds and dogmas. Denominationalism has confused the message with their various schemes of redemption, each differing from the others. But the Bible, and only the Bible, simplifies the message wherein even a wayfarer, although a fool, will not go astray. Too many people believe that they must know everything about the Bible before obeying the gospel and becoming a Christian. But the only thing anyone needs to know is that he or she is a sinner lost forever in their sins when they reject the grace of God. The gift of God given in the manger is the visible manifestation of His grace that can wash away anyone's sins, no matter how great or small, through His blood. You need not know all the doctrines of the Bible before you come to Christ, but you do need to obey the doctrine of salvation. In this hour, let us hear the message of the manger, rejection, redemption, reconciliation, and reachability. Just as Jesus, the Son of God, humbled himself by coming to the manger, you too must humble yourself and come to the manger and obey its message. No one is beyond the reachability of Almighty God through Jesus Christ. No one is outside the scope of God's love. The message of the manger is, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. 
The message of the manger is God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, in this day, in this hour, will you come to the manger and listen to its glorious message? There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not surrender. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh speaking. You have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the church that Jesus built and preaches all of the word to all of the world. Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 16, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. So find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today before it is everlastingly too late. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575, Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I-C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio, zip 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at gospel-defender.org or by email at agosdef, A-G-O-S-D-E-F, agosdef at roadrunner.com. At your request, a written transcript or an audio copy of today's message will be sent to you free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. We need to hear from you as soon as possible. So please, take the time to contact us today. Now, until you and I meet again at this same time and at this same place, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.